0: Welcome back, or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we are talking with Tim Frerichs, a professional trail runner for craft based out of Flagstaff, Arizona, ahead of the 2023 Bandera 100K. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Rabbit and HVMN. Use code Singletrack20 on both of their websites for 20% off your next purchases. Thank you so much for your support, and with that, let's get started. Tim Freriks, welcome to the Single Track Podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Finn. Uh, yeah, first time. It's good to join you.
0: First time, and I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a really exciting race. I do want to ask you a couple of questions about your background since it's your first time on yeah. the pod. You have obviously registered some of the best performances in our sport in the last six to seven years. Lake Sonoma in 2016 comes to mind. Transvolcania in 2017. The North Face 50 in San Francisco as you head into this black Canyon race, where is your fitness level and your mindset compared to like those years in the sport?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a fair question. I think, uh, the last few years have been, um, a bit lackluster compared to, uh, like 16, 17, um, even a little bit of 18 for me. Um, but yeah, I think, fitness wise, I feel like I'm approaching like 2018 fitness. Uh, I I felt like, or for Black Canyon anyway, 2018 I came off of North Face and had like some of the best training in my life early 2018 um, was climbing really, really strong. And um, yeah, I just felt, felt really good in training, but I think I kind of over overdid things a little bit. Um, whereas I think I'm a little, on the other end of the spectrum, right now, kind of still progressing, getting back into consistent training. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I ran I think like eight twelve on the like the true course yeah. in twenty eighteen. So yeah, if I if I if I can get back to that fitness level, which I think is I'm pretty close to that fitness level, I'll I'll be be able to kind of mix it up a little bit on race day. And yeah, it's looking like a really good field, so I'm excited for it. When
0: you think about what the X factors have been for hitting your potential and and being at the very top of the sport. What have been the key variables? Like, is it, is it a function of like getting enough rest in between runs or just purely going out and getting the amount of training you need to be successful? Like what are, what are your variables for success when things are clicking?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, my, my high school coach, you know, it's like a line from like once a runner and he would repeat this to us a little corny, but like, he would just tell us that there's no secret. Cause I do think that, that kind of, that definitely resonated with me and my high school teammates. And that's kind of stuck with me a little bit since those days. Um, Cause I really don't think there is like, that's been my, my attitude with the sport. I think like results come from consistency and getting your head right. And in a place where you can stack like training cycle after training cycle on, on each other. And I think like, you know, I, I had, 2016, I was coming off of like, I ran for an AU and had a college background and and, uh, carried some of that fitness early on in my ultra career. And I think the other two years I really built on top of 2016 um, being my first year on the trails. So, yeah, I think um, for me, I I work as an ICU nurse as well. And I think the pandemic for me was like, you know, I've always trained consistently the last several years, but I think there was a definite early 2020, a definite shift in focus that I was okay with. Like, you know, I trained consistent consistently through that time period and was able to get like big days in the mountains, but wasn't necessarily like mixing it up in these hyper-competitive races. And um, but yeah, I think just, you know, like... 2017, for example, I, I bombed Black Canyon after like leaving and going out way too hard yeah. and like walked the last 15 miles. And then I had a great race in Transville because I think like the like 100 plus mile weeks and consistent hard efforts during that Black Canyon block really set me up for success at Transville And so I think just that consistency and, and building, that's always been the extractor factor for me. Anyway.
0: When I think about your, your training group there in Flagstaff, you know, the Coconino Cowboys, there have been people like Jim and Jared that have taken the sport to the extreme. They're doing it full-time. Uh, then there are yeah. people like you that have uh, incorporated it into other professions. Like you're, you said you're a full-time nurse too. Has there ever been a part of you that's wished you had taken that like full-time path in the sport, or do you feel like you can get everything you need out of yourself living sort of multiple lives?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think like the short answer is no. I think like at some point you need to like dive in and, uh, in 2018, I actually did, uh, I, I did do, I do that to an extent. Like I, I okay. sort of, you can work as like a PRN nurse, which is just like casual employment. So like, and I've done that ever since, like I've had a minimum amount of shifts that I have to work in a given month. Um, and then, you know, can exceed that. And when, like when the pandemic happened, I just started picking up like full time. Right. But I'm, I'm, I feel really fortunate in the sense that I'm able to like scale back my hours as like training um, intensity increases. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, I I, unfortunately, I wish I had that excuse. Unfortunately, <laughs> I feel like I, I have had, I, you know, I think I'm in a good 12 hour shifts are long and they can drain your body. But I do think like it's, it's, it can be beneficial if you balance it well to have something else to kind of fall back on and just keep your mind stimulated and, um, and, you know, Cause if you're only training full time and it can just drain on you mentally, I think after a little bit, like I've found like
0: working once or twice
1: a week kind of keeps me on an even keel and instead of like that, you know, full on, like no outlet outside of running. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think finding that balance can be beneficial, but yeah, sometimes it's like you know, I get fed up and I'm just like, man, I just need to dive in full on. And th- this training cycle has been really good. I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to, to, to work pretty minimally the last two, three months and focus on training. But, um, but yeah, at the end of last year I wasn't training a ton. So I don't have like a really stout base that I'm coming off of. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting.
0: Last question on this front. If you compare your mindset and joy for the sport and your competitive spirit for the sport between now and let's just say like 2016 2018 has anything changed in that area for you are you are you still the same runner from like a mental standpoint
1: um i think like it it's ebbed and flowed a bit for me like there have been times where i feel a little like you know, you get kind of just worn down on the sport. And like, for me, it's like, yeah, I've just found myself like I'd get busy doing other things and felt like train consistently and we would enjoy these big days in the mountains. Um, but maybe race a little less through those periods. Um, but I don't know. I feel like this training cycle, like it reminds me a lot of just like early, early days. Like, I, I don't know if the physical fitness is quite there, but, um, but it's, it's, pro- has been progressing week after week, this training cycle. And so, um, yeah, I think when I'm like, I get in that, right. And that comes with consistency that right. Um, you build some momentum, I think. And like, yeah, I get, I get just like, I love competing and, and mixing it up with, with a bunch of fast talented runners. And, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll have that on, on, uh, next Saturday. Um, should be a good race and yeah. Yeah. I, I get, I get pretty competitive and I like, I like doing these things. So I I feel like there's still that kind of foundation to my running for sure.
0: You're a veteran of this race. You got seventh here back in 2017. I think you won the race in 2018 and punched a ticket to Western States. What is the objective this time around?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get a golden ticket, but, um, but yeah, I think like, I don't know. It's not like, like I would love to run Western States again and get a golden ticket, but. Um, you know, if that doesn't happen, I, you know, I, I, I would love to run Transville again this year and, mm. um, and kind of pivot to that. But if I do get a, a golden ticket, I would, I would kind of refocus my year, I think. And, and, uh, give Western States a, a, a good crack, but, um, but yeah, that this race, uh, it's like on paper, it doesn't look challenging. Like it's got <laughs> like 5,000 feet of gain, but, uh, as I've, I've. 2017 was this weird mud year and they didn't mount back. Uh, so it was a bit more climbing, but even on the, the, the full 2018 course uh, that, that they ran, I think 2020 as well, uh, or the last couple of years, um, uh, it, it's pretty challenging. Um, so yeah, we're searching for a golden ticket, but, um, but yeah, if it, if it doesn't happen, I'd like to keep the ball rolling and, and roll this fitness into the next race.
0: Last question, couple of your local Flagstaff friends in the race, Steven Kirsch, Eric Sensman. Can you talk a bit about that dynamic and whether you've had a chance to train with them? And I guess I'm curious, like what kind of fitness they're in and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they're both pretty fit. Uh, yeah. I've been, I've been training with Steven and Eric a bunch. and um, Jared Hazen Jared hasn't been doing like quite as like big, of, big of days as uh, the other three of us. But uh, yeah, I would say Steven and Eric are pretty fit and they're both you know, Eric's really experienced on the course and I think Steven, like he's had a really good training cycle. So, um, yeah, like I, but I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not like hyper competitive to the point where it's like, you know, screw those guys. Like i <laughs> getting a gold ticket at all costs. Like if they're running well, I'm just excited for them, you know? So yeah.
0: right on. Well, Tim, pleasure to meet. We're excited to watch your race unfold on, Uh, race day next weekend we'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes any final thoughts for the listeners before we go
1: yeah thanks for having me on Finn. um yeah i I don't know excited excited to see how it it plays out i think there's there's really really strong fields on both the men and uh, women's side so um, and i love this course like this this race i guess yeah that's that's a good parting thought it's just like it's an easy race to crew, it right, runs lighter, right along I-17, you're in the Soros, you kind of start in the grasslands. And so um, if you haven't run it before, it'll, it'll uh, it's kind of your classic Arizona desert race. So um, yeah, it'll be a good one, it'll be lots of fun.
0: One last thing before we go, if you are enjoying this Black Canyon pre-race coverage and interested in supporting the podcast, please consider one of the following three options. First, leaving a rating and hitting the subscribe button on Apple and Spotify. Two, becoming a supporter on Patreon, which is linked in the show notes of this episode. Or three, using the single track discount codes with our sponsors, also linked in the show notes. We can't do this without you, so thank you for all the support you're able to provide.